episode of space and time that song you just heard was the old ship of zion and i remember i was listening to something or watching something and that song came on and it just blew me away um this episode is called because i love you james baldwin and nikki giovanni in conversation this took place in london 1971 and this has always been one of my favorite audio dialogues i wanted to share it just because it inspires me so much and i got the idea to basically go through it and condense it and like i always do take out what i feel is important to me i want to share not only things that inspire me but also that help me heal and that i turn to for guidance thinking about old ship of zion and nikki giovanni in this conversation that you'll hear she talks about the black church and how she doesn't dig the theology but she thinks it's a really cool place and that she likes the people and the energies of it and i couldn't agree more and to think about what black people are and we're directly rooted in the black church that feeling that soul that you can't you know you can explain but you really can't in this conversation they talk about things that rang true in 1971 when they sat down and it rings true today the relationship between the black man and the black woman and all its complexities in this country given through the prism of race and love to hear young Nikki Giovanni stand eye to eye and mind to mind with James Baldwin is something I marvel at each time I watch or hear as I'll get to do now. You know, each time I do things like this, I constantly remind myself that you have to fully put yourself out there exactly as you see it. And, and in that way that you'll always find an audience. The topics covered in its gravity cannot be understated. I see and have seen the things they cover throughout my life in casual relationships, imaginary ones, in my own mother and father, and even me in my relationships. 
you know, this is therapy to me. These things mean a great deal and they are the building blocks of who I am. And me painstakingly going through so much data to extract what I think, what I hope will be of service to you is of great importance to me. Baldwin talks about the price paid for us to be able to be who we are and do what we want to do. You know, I think about the way that Huey P. Newton was awoken and to think about how I wake up most days. Very peaceful, saying gratitude, doing yoga, and thinking about what I want to do during the day that will bring me the most joy. It is October, a time of reflection for me. And as I approach another solar return, I think about that price and what I've done from the summer and falling into the next one. I ate dinners on porches with my first tribe. I learned the foundation on building a home. I made weekly treks to a place I barely knew existed before and now I can't live without. I reunited with my extension tribe and laughed and spoke things left unsaid until tears came tumbling down. Ate toasted olive baguette on the way to the train station, which felt like heaven itself. I swam in a lake with vital lessons on letting go and relaxing. I cheered until my already shaky voice was faint. Passion reignited. I cooked perfect potatoes at 4 a.m. for an old friend and new acquaintances. I forgot things I didn't include here, but that's all right. So I thank Jimmy and Nikki and the countless others for the price paid for all of it. I'll try to do good with it. Theology, which I at the moment realized I carried in myself. Mm -hmm. You know, it was not the world that was my oppressor only. Because what the world does to you is the world does it to you long enough and effectively enough. You begin to do it to yourself. Mm -hmm. You become a collaborator, an accomplice of your own murderers, mm -hmm. because you believe the same things they do. You know, you think it's, they think it's important to be white, and you think it's important to be white. Mm -hmm. They think it's shameful to be black, and you think it's shameful to be black. And you have no corroboration around you of any other sense of life. You know, all those corroborations which are around you are, in terms of the white majority standards, so deplorable they frighten you to death. You don't eat watermelon. You know, you get so rich you can't dance. You know, you can hardly move by the time you're 14. You know, you're always scrubbed and shining. You know, a parody of God knows what, because you know, no white person has ever been, you know, as clean as, you, as clean as you have been, been forced to become. And, you know, and you've got somehow to begin to break out of all of that and try to become yourself. You know, it's hard for anybody, but it's very hard if you're born black in a white society. Hard because you've got to divorce yourself from the standards of that society. Mm -hmm. The danger of your generation, if I may say so, no, we will pursue this like yeah. if you like. Is to substitute one romanticism for another. Mm -hmm. You know, because in fact, these categories are, to put, to put it too simply, but you no, know, with a certain brutal truth, these categories are commercial categories. It's true. You know, there was a reason that when you and I were slaves, my son, produced out of your body, was by definition a slave. Mm -hmm. But the master's son also produced out of your body depending on his color. If he was light enough, he could be, he could live in the big house. And if he wasn't, he took his condition from the condition of his mother. He was still a slave. He was a slave. He was a slave. He was a slave because even though he, he went, might be the master's son, the master could make money off of his son. Mm -hmm. The whole institution was threatened if a slave woman could produce a free man. Of course. And the dilemma begins there. Did you see what I mean? I don't see why it's the dilemma. If, if a the slave woman began produce again. a free man, that a slave woman was forbidden by law, I said the reason is not commercial, to produce a free man, because once you have a free man out of the body of a slave, you, have no, you no longer have a slave. That's true. You know? 
And, but it's very hard to recognize that the, that the standards which have almost killed you are really mercantile standards. They're based on cotton, they're based on oil, they're based on peanuts, they're based on profits. To this day. To this hour. Yeah. Which the church sanctifies. But the church is commercial. It's when you begin to realize all of that, you know, which is not easy, that you begin to break out of the culture which has produced you and discover the culture which really produced you. <laughs> if you see what I mean? Yeah. What really brought you where you are. When you're in trouble, when I'm in trouble, I do not sing um, um, a Doris Day at Tin Pan Alley tune. You know, you, know, you find yourself you know, humming and moaning, you know, uh, you know something which your <laughs> yeah. no, great-grandfathers did. No. It has to do with oh, us. No, it has to do with us. Yeah. And what we are, we're, what it's all about. But in fact, you watch the man you work for. You have to watch him. You don't know you're watching him. <laughs> you watch him. You're, you're watching him. But he's not watching you. He thinks he knows who you are or what you are. Mm-hmm. You don't know who he is because your life is in his hands. And you have to watch him because if you don't watch him, you might have lived from Monday till Tuesday. It's as simple as that, and without knowing you know him, you know him. He can't fool you. I'm not, I'm not at all. I mean, the civil rights movement, I came up in the 60s, which is like way after everybody else. But we always assumed that we knew white people, you know, that we really sort of like understood them. And I found out that if you don't understand yourself, mm-hmm. you don't understand anybody else. Mm-hmm. And all you know, you know what I mean with a snake is to watch a snake. Mm-hmm. And you know mm-hmm. it's a snake, but you don't know it. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Because there's too, many, too much between, there's too much emotion. There's too much you know fear. I, mean? I can watch like the cat I work for, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's going to watch me to some mm-hmm. extent. But we know each other. I would say, I would hypothesize that he knows me better because his game is running, mine's not. And that's what I've sort of always disagreed with your generation on. As long as his game is running, he obviously knows me because he's, he's I'm playing. You understand? I, he's I, saying jump and I'm saying how high. Yeah. He knows me. You may be right, but I would put it another way. I would, I would put it... I would, I would suggest that since his game is running, he hasn't got to know you. Because his game is running. No, your part of the game is running. He hasn't got to know you. I would think that one of the reasons that, that uh, the Americans are in such trouble now is because the game is running. It was running until, until, up until only yesterday, really. <laughs> would you believe today? You know, and all of a sudden, through the American astonishment, the Americans have suddenly discovered that people in the world don't like them. Yeah. Now, I always knew that. Because I didn't like them. You know, I love some. They're not likable. Well, but there's two people that are unlikable. And there's no. two people in the world that's not likable, a master and a slave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. See? Exactly. You know, we will never, 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 never get, you know, get precise categories for really? that very loaded statement. <laughs> you know, but that, but that, that is where the truth is. Yeah. How did you, know, you like them? So the question, I mean, for me, the question has always been power. Yes. And for, like you all, the question has been morals. You know, I never wanted to be the most moral person in the world. I agree, I know. I would like, I mean, I would sell my soul, you know what I mean? What does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Mm -hmm. The world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The Mm -hmm. world, that's what it profits. I know. So you take the soul, you know. Yeah, I know. spiritual. Take the world, but give me Jesus. Y'all can have Jesus. Give me the world. You know, even though it's losing 25% of its energy every hundred years or something ridiculous. Oh, please, don't believe all <laughs> Don't believe everything you hear. No, but I'm saying that's not my concern, you know? I know. Even though it's polluted, ugly, dirty, give it to me. Speaking or let me t- or I will take it or not. And I think that kind of thing has been lacking. Like, I think one of the nicest things that we created almost as a generation, and it wasn't us because Martin Delaney and those people were way before us, but just the fact that we could say, hey, I don't like white people. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. It's a great generation. It was a beginning of, of course, yeah. being able to like them. Exactly. You know, exactly. which of course upsets them, but that's their problem. Yeah, well, their problem, their problem really is a, a kind of, um, we were talking earlier before the show began about the kind of incomprehension in somebody's face. You t- try to describe what is to you a very simple situation. Right. You know, like people don't like going to jail. And you, and you see the man's face and he looks astonished. What? People don't like going to jail. And then you, <laughs> and then you, you pull back. You know, does that really go on? And you, you live with this all your life. And what you watch is that he knows it really. He doesn't think that you know it. He doesn't think anybody will tell him. And if it comes in, as we were saying earlier, if, if he allows that to enter into his guts, he's a very different person. He may be. He, it may. He. It, he may explode 
He doesn't know what will happen if he allows this apprehension of someone else's experience enter into him. Right, because he's perpetuating his experience. And this is a, this is this is the crisis of the age. This is what Malcolm really meant when he said that white is a state of mind. Okay. You know. Uh, on a certain level, and I tend to care about Afro-Americans, which I would define as the sons and daughters of slaves and slave owners. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I have, uh, that doesn't, by the way, sound very parochial to me. It's very parochial because I don't care about my third world brothers and sisters and things like that that I'm sure I should. But as we... You mean you're responsible for a certain situation? I, I just can't deal with it. Yes, I, I think that if everybody dealt with their own little situation, yes. if, if I deal with my block mm -hmm. and you deal with your block, Malcolm we'll have said, two, two good And Malcolm things. said that too. Yeah. So when we deal with white as being like a state of... Well, Malcolm said everything, which I would grant. No, I mean, really? he, he encompassed. But as we um, begin to try to deal, you know what I mean, with the world, we find that a lot of things break down. And we find that frequently a white face goes with a white mind. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, a black face goes with a white mind. Mm -hmm. Very seldom a, a white face will have a black mind. But we find the frequent situation is a white face has a white mind. Yeah, but I, you know what I, mean? I, I no, so I, for the few no, mistakes that you would make, it's unfortunate. No, I know. I, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't. To me, it's unfortunate. I, I wouldn't argue that at all. Yeah. No, I wouldn't argue that at all. No, that, it, it doesn't make any difference to me. I said once somewhere, you know, that uh, a cop is a cop. Well, cops no. are white. And you know, <laughs> yeah, and he may be, he may be a very nice man. But I haven't got the time to figure that out. You know, all I know is he's got a uniform yeah. and a gun. You know, and I have to relate to him that way. You know, <laughs> that's right. the only way to relate to him mm -hmm. at all. Because one of us is going to know. One of us may have to die. One of us You know, in New York, there's a, a big campaign going on to humanize the uh, policemen. And they have post uh, billboards upstate. And they have a picture of a big cop bending over this little blonde girl. Mm -hmm. and, and the signs say, and some people call him pig. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to buy a billboard. I told a friend of mine, I want to buy a billboard and show this big cop and this 14-year-old kid with 30 bullets in him and say, and some people call him peacemaker. You, know? you have to do one thing, one, <laughs> yeah. one thing with the right so moral as to sit here and say that if somebody had a gun pointed at my brother's head, that I would uh, pray for him, <laughs> you know. I'm not no, about no. to tell you, you know, <laughs> that, um, that I'm lighting candles every day and every night for the soul of J. Edgar Hoover, you know. <laughs> yeah. On one level, I'm not moral at all. I don't care what happens to Hoover and all his tribe at all. But I do care what happens to you, you know. Mm -hmm. And if I am moral, which I don't really think I am, but you no, know, it's a word you keep bringing up. I the relationship, another word. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But the relationship between morality and power is a very subtle, you know, because power, ultimately, with no morality, is not any longer power. You cannot call a Spain a powerful nation. You can't call Franco a powerful man. He's got a whole nation in jail. But that's not power. No. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know. His game isn't running. Precisely. Precisely. Now, when our game starts running, and after all, after all, baby, we have survived the roughest game in the history of the world. Yeah. You know, we really have. Yeah. You know, then, no matter what we say against ourselves, you know, no matter what our limits and hang-ups are, <laughs> you know, we have, come through some, we have come through something, you know. And if we can get this far, we can get further. You know, and we got this far by, by means which no one understands, including you and me. We're only, being, we're only beginning to apprehend it, and you're a poet precisely because you are beginning to apprehend it and put it into a, into a form, you know, which will be useful for your kid and his kid, you know, and for the world. Because we're not obliged to accept the world's definitions. Just because white people say they're white, we're not obliged to believe it, you know. Like it's Just because the Pope says he's a Christian, we're not obliged to believe it. It would be crazy you know, if we did. We had to make our own definitions and begin to rule the world that way. Because kids, white and black, cannot use what they have been given. You know, and they're rejecting it. They're rejecting it. Nobody wants to become the president of Pan Am, or the governor of California, or Spiro to Agnew. The kids want to live, you know. And we have, out of a terrifying suffering, a certain sense of life which everybody needs, you know, and that's morality for me. You know, you use the word morals, I would use the word energy. You see what I mean? No. It's very hard because you say, um, let's say somebody like you, you've been out of the church for a long time, okay? I grew up, of course, in a Baptist church, and I really dig the church. I do too. I think it's a very cool... I do too. I, I can't dig the theology, but the music and, and the energies of the church. Yes. But then I went to uh, the New York Community Choir had its um, 
anniversary recently, its first anniversary, and I went up to an AME Zion church, as a matter of fact, and the lady was singing, some lady was singing, Yes, Jesus Loves Me, and people started shouting. You know what I mean, yesterday? Yeah, yeah. People were shouting, and it hit me as I was sitting there, my God, as a so-called black militant, I have nothing stronger to offer than Jesus. Yeah, but you see, yeah, but yeah, but you, baby. And that was a mind, it blew, as a matter of fact, I went to church and said, ain't that a bitch? Because that was testifies, ain't that a bitch? Baby, what we did with Jesus was not, was, no, was not supposed to happen. No, at all. No. We took him, we took that cat over and made him ours. There's nothing whatever to do with the white Jesus in Montgomery, Alabama, in that white church. We did something else with him, we made him ours. Some of us knew that he was always really a nigger. Because, you know, Swedes don't come from Israel. <laughs> you know, you had to be fairly dark. Well, white people really deal more with God, and black people move with Jesus. No, they, they don't even deal with God. You know, they don't deal with God. They deal with... God for them seems to be some, some metaphor for purity and for safety. You know, the whole heart of the Christian legend has always been... In some sense, for impressing as being, you know, really obscene. And it's the key to all the dirty jokes which come afterwards. You know... Can you imagine what would happen to you, Nikki? I'm married to you. I go out to work. I come home. And you say to me, Baby, you know what happened today? I said, No, what happened? Well, you know, the Holy Ghost came by. Oh, he did, did he? <laughs> and, um, Joe, <laughs> no. Uh, the Holy Ghost whispered in my ear, I'm pregnant. Now, I might, I don't think you'd go for it. <laughs> I might, you know, I might look a little hard at you. <laughs> if I were really vulnerable, I might, I might, I might try to find that cat, the holy, the holy, the holy, the holy who? <laughs> the holy who? The holy <laughs> This has been believed by millions of people yeah, they really who lived do. and died by it for 2,000 years. Yeah. And when you attack it, you're accused of being blasphemous. I think the legend itself is a blasphemy. Yeah. What is wrong with a man and a woman sleeping together, making love to each other, and having a baby like everybody else? It's true. <laughs> it's not a Why is the Son of God got to be born immaculately? Aren't we all the sons of God? That's a blasphemy. But we're not all the sons of God. Well, it depends on what you mean by God. Depends on who's doing it. <laughs> I claim him as my father. <laughs> And I'll, I'll give him a great, great balance now the time until it's over. Because God is our responsibility. Well, I agree with that. No. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize, they think that we are God's responsibility. No, 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 no. But it's one no, of no, him no, no. and what, 30 yeah. million of us. That's right. And God's only hope is us. It's true. No. It's true. No. So if we don't make it, he ain't going to make it either. He didn't make it. Now, people are funny about sex, which I never understood. Well, it's terrifying. Exactly. Same way people are. It's not about sex either. It's not about sex. You know, sex is. Sex is not really the problem. Love is the problem. You know, when you're a kid, when you're a 16 year old boy, 15 year old boy, you know, what does he want really? He wants release. You know, 15 year old you know. girl. <laughs> okay, you know, and it doesn't, it's nothing yet, at that moment yet to do really with love, because love is something which comes much later, really. You know, a kid loves you in a certain way because he needs you. Mm -hmm. But later on, when you're a man or a woman, it has to be much more reciprocal. You love somebody because you need each other. Right. But this is not, one's not capable of this idea, you know, when you're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, when everything is sexual and everything is being discovered. Do you know? Mm -hmm. That's why so many of our kids turn into junkies, which we won't go into at the moment. Hey, but let's no, come back. We, we'll come back to it. Do you know? But the great question is not that. The great question is, you see, if it seems to me that the black male, the situation of the black male is in microcosm, the situation of the Christian world, the price of being a black man in America. God bless you. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's, it's the weather. <laughs> the price you had to pay, the price you're expected to pay, and which you have to outwit, is your sex. No, a black man is forbidden by definition since he's black to assume the roles, the burdens, the duties, and the joys of being a man. In the same way that my child producing your body was not, did not belong to me, but to the master. 
It could be sold at any moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this erodes a man's sexuality. When you erode a man's sexuality, you destroy this possibility to love anybody. You know, though sex and love are not the same thing. If a man's sexuality is gone, then his possibility, his hope of loving, is also gone. You know, he has no way to express. He, 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 he has, has limited way. He has, to express. he has, he has absolutely no floor on which to dance, no room in which to move, no way to get from one day to the next. Because they make love to you. It's not the same thing as taking you. You know, mm -hmm. and it's a journey which most people have got to make with each other. But why do black men? Uh, why do we allow this to happen? Look, when one begins to talk about. When I began to talk about you know, the situation of black men, I mean, anyone, I'm nearly 50, so that I've got to avoid sounding, you know, in any way defensive because. No, no. No, I don't mean that I think you're attacking me, but you ask me a question which I'm trying to answer as honestly as I can, I have to look back over my own life, mm -hmm. you know. And you save yourself if you have any sense at all, and if you're lucky enough. You know, if you lose your center. And let's say the center is your sex. If you lose that, if you allow that to be destroyed, then everything else is gone. And you have to figure out a way of, of saving it from the landlord. Because after all, I had to watch my father and what my father had to endure to raise nine children on $27.50 a week when he was working. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't know what the man was going through at all. I didn't know why you know, he was always in a rage. I didn't know why he was impossible to live with. But I had not had to go through yet his working day. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't quit his job because he had the kids to feed. You know, he couldn't say as, you know, as, as our kids can, I don't like white people, he couldn't say anything. He lived his whole life in silence except in the church. You know? Mm -hmm. And he couldn't explain, how can you explain to a five-year-old kid, you know, my boss you know, called me a nigga and I, and I quit. And the, kid's, and the kid's belly's empty and you see it. You know? And you gotta raise the kid. You know, you've got to raise the kid. And your manhood is being slowly destroyed hour by hour, day by day, your woman's watching it. You're watching her watch it. You know? And the love that you have for each other is being to be destroyed hour by hour and day by day. It's not her fault, it's not your fault, but there it goes because the pressures under which you live are inhuman. My father finally went mad, and I understood when I became a man how that could happen. It wasn't that he didn't love us, he loved us. It wasn't that he didn't love his wife, his, our mother. He loved her, but he couldn't take it. Day after day and hour after hour, being treated like a nigger, on that job and in those streets and on those subways and then coming home to his children who didn't understand him at all mm -hmm. who were moving further and further away from him because they were afraid of him and also which is even worse afraid of the situation the condition which he represented he was after all for a kid you begin to see when you're called a nigger you look at your father because you think your father can rule the world every kid thinks that you know, and your father cannot do anything about it. And then you begin to despise your father and you realize, oh, that's what a nigger is. And it's not your father's fault. And it's not your fault. It's the fault of the power, people who hold the power. Because they have deliberately trained your father to be a slave. And they deliberately calculated that if he is a slave, you will be a slave. You will also accept it, and it'll go on forever, and slavery will last a thousand years, which slaveholders said and believed. And now the bill is in, and they want from me, or from you, sympathy and understanding. I understand it all too well, and I have all the sympathy in the world for that spiritual disaster, but I have no pity. The bill is in. We paid it. Now it's your turn. It's, it's a, it's like a funny situation to be in. Because, like, we were poor, but maybe unfortunately for somebody like me, not poor enough to relate to it. And that, you know, we had enough to eat like that, <laughs> things <laughs> like that. 
so that my relationship to that whole syndrome, which remains true, I'm 28 to this day, is that I really don't understand it. I don't understand how one hand, you say you're talking about like a black man, that he can be nothing in the streets and so fearful in his home, that he can, he can be brutalized by some uh, white person somewhere and then come home and treat, you know, I mean, me, my it's mother, the same way that he was not, being treated. Which perpetuates, I mean, you take yes, somebody like me, I'm not married, right? Yes, but Nikki. I, I couldn't play my mother. Yes, I know. You know what I mean? I, I just know. couldn't deal with it. I said, no, no, but, no, this won't But work. Nikki, it's also true, since your mother played that role, you haven't got to. I couldn't. But you haven't got to, that's the point. Because she did. But her mother did. Yes, you but, know what I mean? Yes, but that's how we got here. I don't, what, I'm, what I really am trying to say is I don't want us to underestimate the price paid for us. I have a great deal of respect for those people, for, for my parents, for people that I don't know, for the whole, you know, everybody who's shuffled. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's a phenomenon to me how you could be mistreated and then come home and mistreat someone the same way. And order well, first to of all, Nikki, first of all, Nikki, you say mistreated or I say mistreated. No. But in the, per the mind of the person who is doing it, he's not mistreating you. Well, I'm not dealing with that. Well, I'm not going to even, I mean, let's not for a minute. Let's say in the mind of, let's say your father, who is just an example, mm -hmm, or the mind mm -hmm, of my father, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He is being mistreated. I'm mm -hmm. not going to deal with the cracker that's mistreating him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to deal with him. Mm -hmm. He knows that he is not being treated with the respect due him mm -hmm. as a person, mm -hmm. as a black man. Mm -hmm. Okay. In order to like get that together, when mm -hmm. he comes into that house, mm -hmm. he begins to like brutalize my mother, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. You see mm -hmm. what I mean? Which mm -hmm. becomes like a phenomenon to me. Because I don't like white people and I'm afraid of black men, right? Mm -hmm. If you could follow what I'm saying I'm without anybody right. writing a letter and saying, sister, you know what Yeah, I mean? but you can... Okay, so where do, what do you do? Listen, you had, I think... It's, it's, a, it's a cycle. Of course it is, but you see, this is, one, this is one of the reasons I... This is one of the reasons I don't protest, but try to make clear that the words white and black don't mean anything. No. The man... A man comes home. No. He is in a situation which he cannot control. He is a human being. It's got to come out somewhere. A, a poor Puerto Rican several years ago, for example, no. This is, this is, it's alleged. But I can see if this happened, why it happened. Cat came home and the three months old baby was screaming, you know, as babies do. And he killed it. He didn't mean to kill it. He picked it up and threw it against the wall. Yeah, he didn't mean to kill it. It wasn't that. I understand, you know, because I've been there. I know something about that. I don't know if it happens to a woman, but it happens to a man. You, you cannot do anything. They got you. They got you. They got you by the throat and by the balls. And of course it comes out. It comes out where, where would it come out? It it's comes like, out in the person closest to you. I was going to say that's so wrong because what you perpetuate... But Nikki, it may be wrong. I hate to use those kind of terms. But Nikki, it may, you're, Nikki, it may be wrong. Of course it's wrong, but we're dealing with human beings, you know. One cannot be romantic about human nature. One cannot be romantic about one's own nature. That's not fair. I don't think that I'm romantic. But no, I don't mean that you are. I one have seen how the community, and even today in 1971, even today there are divisions based on those same yes, kind of do. problems. That's right. So that the black men say, in order for me to be a man, you walk 10 paces behind me. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it means nothing. I can walk 10 paces behind a dog. It means nothing to me. But if that's what he needs, I'll never get far enough behind him for him to be a man. You know what I mean? Look, I'll never walk that slowly. Look, Nikki, if at the, at the risk of, at the very great risk of pulling, of seeming to pull rank. No. No. Pull rank. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Go I'm on. Not, I'm not. No. But I, no, no, I don't mean that. But no. What I do mean is that, what I do mean is that I've, a great many things which seem, if I may say so, new to you are not new to me. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can say then, okay, I see the I see what the cat's doing. I know how long I can tell you almost exactly how long he will do it. You know, I know that a great deal of what passes for black militancy right now is nothing but a fashion. You know, <laughs> at best. You know, at best, <laughs> something will rest, something will remain. What is important about it is not the details, not the not the given, you know, people, you know, given so-called leaders or any of that jazz, you know. What is important is the impulse out of, it, out of which it has come, the ferment out of which it has come, which it reveals too, and what's valuable in it will, will remain, and the rest will go. Yeah, but what's uh, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but 
again, what's uh, sort of sad to be is that the same syndrome that say our father set up, mm-hmm. coming from many, you know what I mean, my father is your age. Mm-hmm. And the same syndromes Jesus. that they set up, well, you know, he's a little yeah. bit older, 55. But the a same. Older 55, thank you, baby. Well, seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> the same syndromes which, which is being set up, is being perpetuated, mm-hmm. is that once again, the black man is becoming the figure to slide away from. You know what I mean? That, that once again, the black man is the figure that you say, well, I can't, I can't handle that. And if you, uh, if you visit with the states or, you know, you talk to people enough, you'll see that that same syndrome, you know, the little guys mm-hmm. that are standing around crossing mm-hmm. their arms, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're not lovable. They're not giving any love. They could give a damn about me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's unfortunate because I need love. Yes, but sweetheart, sweetheart, it, what you're saying is very, very serious. I'm not, I'm not in the least denying it because you're perfectly right. But the only way we can get through it, I think, and it's, it's demanding a great deal of you, but one's got no choice with a man a great deal of you, is that you understand. Look, let us say, let us say I'm King Oliver. All right. Right? And um, I'm a pretty good musician. A very good musician. Mm-hmm. And somebody called, let us say, Bing Crosby. <laughs> oh. You know, you couldn't carry a tune from here to here, right? Right? That's true. Now I watch this little white boy become a millionaire, become a millionaire many times over. I can't get a job, you know. And time goes on. You get older. You get more weary. And since you cannot get a job, your morale begins to be destroyed. And the body begins to fail you. Your death approaches. All because being a man You've never been able to execute what a man ought to be able to do. And this is not anything that you have done or not done by some arbitrary sentence. How in the world, if I can't get a job, if I can't even get my, my, my axe out of the pawn shop, if I can't even be, you know, get money to get on the subway, how am I going to love anybody except in such an awful pain and rage that nobody could bear it? I'm not trying to defend it. I'm trying to make you see it. Yeah. You I, see what I, I mean? I do, but because maybe I'm hopeful or because I've structured my life in a way I don't, that I won't... I don't, by the way, think that what I'm describing is any longer true for your generation. I don't mean that. But I, I see the same, what I keep saying, is that I see the same syndromes in the same guys that I have to deal with now. Yes, but my dear, my, my dear, what you have to see is also, if I, you have to, look, think about the kid. Think about the kid, you know. What you're going through is one thing, and I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm not trying to mean. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I don't, I don't even mean you personally. Yeah, I know. I, the generation is not. Yes, I don't mean. No, I don't mean. I don't. I don't mean you, Nikki. Exactly. No, I hope that nobody. No. I'm not talking about no, me that no, much. No, I know. I know. But what I do mean is that simply assume for the moment the kid is a useful metaphor because it it carries you past one moment into the next into another moment because no matter what happens to me or to you, one's responsibility is somewhere else. So, so it's a terrible Tuesday and a, re- and a wretched Friday. But, you know, you're still... The kids don't know that. And then you begin to see... Then you begin to see that what looked so awful on Wednesday or on Friday, or is awful, is awful, but it's not eternal. You can get through it. Hopefully. And when you get through it, you can understand it. Okay. We're not like in disagreement. What I'm trying to uh, maybe get you to relate to is that, and I lay it on black men because I'm a black woman. You have every right to. I'm I'm sure it's that arbitrary. No, you have have every right to. But a guy, let's say a guy's going with girl. Mm -hmm. You're going with Maybelle. And Maybelle gets pregnant. All of a sudden, you can't speak to Maybelle because you don't have the money for a crib, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need a crib. The baby's going to sleep someplace. If you could follow me for two seconds. Wait, wait. The baby's going to sleep someplace. The baby's gonna eat something. But what she needs at that moment is a man. 
Mm-hmm. And in order, if, if if the man functions as a man, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily a provider for all that stuff, because mm-hmm. everybody can understand why you can't buy something. You don't have a job. You didn't have a job when you always going to bed. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to get a job because she got pregnant? You understand? There's no job. But what she needs is a man to come by and say, hey, baby, you look good. And, 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 and black men refuse to function like that because they say, I want to bring the crib when I come. Baby. You're never going to get the crib. Baby. baby. Bring baby. yourself. Baby, I agree with you. I agree with you. I understand what you're saying, you know. But let me tell you this: you know, you you may be absolutely right. You are right in your point of view. <laughs> but you have to understand my point of view. Okay. No. And in my point of view, well, if I if if, if you were pregnant, I would act very differently. That's a, you know, that's, that's but that's me. That's something else. But from the man's point of view, given the fact, as we said much earlier that the standards of the civilization into which you were born are first outside of you. And by the time you get to be a man, they're inside of you. And this is not susceptible to any kind of judgment. It's a fact. If you're treated a certain way, you become a certain kind of person. If certain things are described to you as being real, they're real for you, whether they're real or not. And in this civilization, a man who cannot support his wife and his child is not a man. And this is also in the, for example, in the welfare rules. You know, yeah. the, the black man has always been treated as a slave and of course he reacts that way, one way or another. You know, and you can blame him on a human level if you like, but I think it's more interesting to, not try to you have to understand it, the bag the cat is in. But it's so... You know, because how, how can I... You know, this is, I'm not being rational. You know, and I may love, I may love you, especially if I love you. How in the world am I can't come with nothing? But, but it's not, I know it doesn't make any sense, Nikki, but no, a man is built like not, that. You see, when we talk about, and we talk about the children, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk about, like, let's say my little boy, mm-hmm. your nephew, something mm-hmm. like that. We talk about you. How are we going to create the new child in the same old syndrome? Well, somebody somebody well, has to fake it enough. You understand? Some, somebody has to say, hell no, I can't buy you a bicycle. You don't need one. Yes. And smile about but it. Some, so the kid can say, I'm not afraid of daddy. But sometimes that happens and I draw. But some, not enough to talk about, uh, we're talking about the group. Yeah, 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 but wait. We're talking about the group. Hold the phone, hold the phone, hold the phone, hold the phone, baby. You know, it has begun. Something has begun. The fact that we're talking about it is a beginning. It's very important. You know, it's very important indeed. Look, I've had to learn in my own life, you know, I want this. I want it Friday. And Friday comes and I worked you know, I worked my behind off to get you know, get something done that I don't come. It doesn't come for twenty years. Then you use that twenty. Look, life is a very short and very long time. It is, really it is. You know. And it's very important not to get hung up on any given detail because what is there, like the fact that you're a woman and the fact that I'm a man, that's gonna be there forever. And we're gonna have to deal with that there forever. From the beginning, you know. Sure. And we have to deal with it. From day to day, from day to day, you know, because if, if we love each other, we both know it. The tragedy is we both know it. And the, and the greater tragedy is that it's destroyed by things which have nothing to do with you and nothing to do with me. A man is built as he's built, and there's nothing one can do about that. A man is not a woman. That's true. You know, and, and whether he's wrong or right, if we're living in the same house, you're my wife or my woman, I had to be responsible for that house. And I'm not allowed to be responsible for that house. I'm no longer in my own eyes. It doesn't make any difference what you may think of me. In my own eyes. That's fair. I'm not a man. That's that's you, you it, see it what I mean? It does indeed make, make a difference what I think about it. Because I could be perfectly willing, and as a matter of fact, I am perfectly willing to concede that, first of all, a man is a natural aggressor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't care if I walked up to you and said, let's go to bed. Mm-hmm. You are the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Because it all depends on you. Mm-hmm. I could fool myself. I could fool my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I got it. Mm-hmm. It depended on you. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. see? So I'm never confused on that level. Yeah, but, but I've, seen, I've seen so many people get so hung up in, in such crappy, superficial kind of things that, that for lack of being able to bring a steak in the house, they won't come. I can get my own damn steak. Nikki, I need you, Nikki, and that's what the black. No, really, I mean, yeah, that's Nikki, to me what the black. Yeah, but Nikki, you're perfectly, Nikki, you're perfectly right, but you're being, <laughs> but you're being perfectly rational. But it's a rational situation. Yeah, but love is not a rational situation. Love must be. It it must be rational. 
because this irrationality that we have does Look, not work. It destroys people. I quite agree with you, but this is something we have to confront. When I was 22, I was, like, I was about to get married. And for several reasons, I threw my wedding rings in the river, and that was when I split. You know, decided I would leave. I didn't get married partly because I, just, I, partly because, partly because I had no future. It's very, very important. You had you know, no future. I had no right, future. Sure. I, oh, no, you got to go back to where I was. Yeah, 22. You know, okay. I had no future. I, I couldn't keep a job. No, because I couldn't stand the people I was working for. And there wasn't, a, I couldn't, nobody could call me a nigger. It's not a small, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I split, you know. Now, I love that girl, and I wanted children. But I already had eight, and they were all starving. And from my point of view, it would have been an act of the most criminal irresponsibility to bring another mouse into the world which I could not feed. Yeah, but you see, those weren't your children. Those were your father's children. My father was dead. It's not and as far as they knew, then... It's not what you, one cannot, and I'm not knocking not, your I'm, life, you know I'm what not, I mean, because I could... But one cannot be responsible for what one has I not said produced. we are not being rational. But I said we must. I mean, that's no, no, no. my quarrel with no, no, no. We my, must become my, rational. My, those are my brothers and sisters. They were your brothers rational and sisters. Or not. They were but starving. they were your father's children but and were, your mother's children. That was my father's responsibility. As far as I was concerned, they belonged to me. Do you know what your life, and I'm saying it like that... You know what I mean? I'm trying to, do you know what your life looks like though? And this is what's happening also today. It looks like a black man can't make it with a black woman. If somebody looks at the two of us, man, we're the weirdest looking people on earth because you went your way and I went my way. Which is saying the same thing and that's sort of a shame to say that I can't have a black man standing with me and you can't have a black woman because we wouldn't be who we are if we had. And that's a fact. But Nikki, we are, nevertheless, we are here, we met. Oh, you and I met. Yes. But I'm talking about for the statement, man. You're looking like a Huey Newton. Yeah. He can't make it with a black who could who could be his woman? We don't know. Honest, it's such a shame. We don't know that much about the man. We we know what the image. Yeah, but we know what the what, you, what we what we've seen. Let us forget the image. We don't know anything at all about the man. We know a little bit. Let us assume we don't. Okay, let us assume we don't. No. If insofar as it's true. If it's true that Huey, for example, can I make it with a black woman? I don't know that that's true. I don't know that it's true. I'm saying no. that to date. But that is part of the trap to make one believe that. I don't believe that myself. No. It's part of a societal illusion which we, what you're expected to believe so that you can react to it and be distracted from the main point, which is one's relationship to each other. The nature of the drama, in a sense, is that you and I both had to raise a child, but if I've been destroyed before I get home. You go one way, I go another, and the kid gets lost. And it isn't the fault of the woman or the man, and certainly not the fault of the kid. It's not a question of blame, though. It's a question of responsibility. Yeah, but and it is our yeah, responsibility to make I, sure that kid does not I, go. But what I'm trying to get at, Nikki, is that in order to take the responsibility, you have to be able to take the responsibility. It's not a mystical act. Somebody's got to pay the rent. I can't put you on the streets. That's what you say. We have tried to make you able to pay your rent, or my rent, or our rent. We have found that there are not enough jobs, there is not enough money for you to do that. Now why can't we try it my way? I think that the only thing that's changed in the last, uh, since Martin Luther King, since uh, 54, I think the only thing that's really changed is the black woman. And, and what she no, said is... changed, I think she's become more visible. I think she's changed. Because there was a time, let's say my mother, you know what I mean, my aunts and things like that, they would say, okay, if that's the way you establish your manhood, mm -hmm. I'm going to go for it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. my generation says, hey, mm -hmm. no good. Okay. You must okay. establish I'll a agree. new base. I'll agree with and, that. and we are, as a group, demanding that a new base be established. Yeah, but be careful as a woman of what you demand of a man. I demand that he be a man. Yeah, but you can't say you demand it. You have to, you have to suggest it. Well, that, that's your <laughs> ego that says that. No, I, I demand it. Now, you deal with that. All right. Okay, I'll even, I'll even, I'll even, I'll even I go with that. I demand that you be a man, and I don't think that that's asking too much. Because if I wanted a provision, you know, say I would get a camper. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. I would get a camper that provides things. You know what I mean? You, you get an army surplus kit mm -hmm. that provides mm -hmm. things. I need a man. Mm -hmm. and, and, and black men have, have always been offered to provision. People are either going to eat or starve to death. You know, the men are yeah, yeah. the people are starving that they were still the men. Had to be that way through that horrendous kind of war. 
but it had to be that way because sometimes you are not able to feed your family. Sometimes you are not able to clothe your family. Do you then also deprive them of your manhood and of the input that a man has? Who teaches my son how to pee? Yeah, but you're, but, <laughs> you see? Yeah, but you're talking, I agree with you, I see that very well. But it's one thing to be in a situation where you see that you have, where you see a future, however bloody. And to be in a situation where you see no future at all. But you, you are, it is incumbent. It's very, if, if I, I know, if I know what I'm demanding of you, in some sense, makes sense. If I know the fact that the kid is not eating today or tonight or tomorrow, in some way makes sense. Yeah, then I, then I can be there. But if it doesn't make any sense, and if I don't see anything coming out of it at all. Will he eat if you're not there? If you're on welfare, he won't eat if I am there. That's the law. But I don't want to get bogged down into that. What I, what I really mean is that, yes, a man can do that if he sees a, re a way, if he sees that it means something. My father couldn't see that. And he was quite right. Because well, there wasn't anything. There's something. Because all I, can, all I know that works in the world is a relationship. Yes, all right. Okay, that, that's all that's going to work. It takes two people to have a relationship. Yeah, but, but, it, but the relationship... If you don't have a dream, fake it. But the relationship, you can't fake a dream. You've got to fake it. Because we don't have dreams these days. How the hell can you have a dream? For what? Well, it isn't... So, so everybody's, everybody's jiving, but let's jive on that level. If I love you, I can't lie to you. Of course you can lie to me. And you will. If you love me and you're going off with Maddie someplace, you're lying to me. Because what the hell do I care about the truth? I care if you're there. Let Billy Holiday say, hush now, don't explain. All right, I accept that. Of course. Of right, course you lie to me. That. And I don't even want to care. What, what does the truth matter? And why are you going to be truthful with me when you lie to everybody else? You lied when you smiled at that cracker down the job, right? Lie to me, smile. Treat me the same way you would treat him. I can't treat you. You must. Him. You must. Because I've caught, the, I've caught the frowns and the anger. He's happy with you. Of course he doesn't know you're unhappy. You grin at him all day long. You come home and I catch hell because I love you. I get least of you. I get, I get the very minimum. And I'm saying, you know, fake it with me. Is that too much of the black woman to ask of the black man? For 10 years so that we can get a child on his feet that says, yeah, father smiled at mother. He talked to me about school today. Who cares that you can read or can't read? Most Americans can't read. Most people can't read. They look at the pictures. Baby, baby, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. And I, I don't disagree, but no, I'm going to be honest and think about it really. I'm not so sure that that is a human possibility. If I, if I have to smile all day and take out on the job, the foreman, you don't understand why baby needs new shoes. I can't give a performance all day on the job and come home and give a performance on, all night in the house. Okay, so one of the performances will stop. Yes. So you say, and okay, I might be willing to go with it, but who's going to pay the rent? The rent will get paid. Look, baby, I'm willing to play it your way, but you have to see my point of view. I see your point of view. But the rent will have to I'm get paid. The price of the rent is my smile. No, no, no. I don't want you prostituting yourself. I demand. I don't want you prostituting yourself either. One of us has got to work. You, you'll work it, you will work it out. Because you are intelligent enough and you are sensitive enough. You are a man enough to work out a new system. Because we started off with everybody's protest now and we're back there again. As long as the assumptions are the same, nothing will change. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So we must corner ourselves to make a new assumption. Okay, I buy it. In case it was sort of like left up in the air, or somebody, you know, like, I didn't get it across. I really think that my father, you know, Jones Giovanni, is a groovy cat, you know. And he's lived with my mother now for 35 years under holy wedlock. And I think that that's good for them. You know, I think that that sort of thing worked yes. for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the main thing, that they were able to love despite it all. That's no. what we were talking about before. Right, no. exactly. And the, you had, you, by the way, you did not have to tell me that you were your <laughs> father. I knew that. Yeah, I think he's a, he's a gay. Yes, I exactly. just don't want to marry him. <laughs> 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 you have to, you know what I mean? That, that there's a little thing that says we're going to dictate. Look, the very first thing that a writer has to face is that he cannot be told what to write. You, you know, nobody asked me to be a writer in a way, you know, they didn't know it in any case. You know, in any case, I chose it. Since I'm a man, I have to assume I chose it. The one thing you have to do 
is try to tell the truth. And what everyone overlooks is that in order to do it, when the book comes out, it may hurt, it may hurt you. Mm -hmm. But in order to do it, it had to hurt me first. You know, I can only tell you about yourself as much as I can face about myself. It's happened to everybody who's tried to live. You know, you go through your life for a long time, you think that no one has ever suffered the way I've suffered. You know, my God, my God. And then you realize, you read something, you hear something, and you realize that your suffering does not isolate you. That your suffering is your bridge. Mm -hmm. That many people have suffered before you. Many people are suffering around you. And always will. And all you can do is bring, hopefully, a little light into that suffering. Enough light so the person who is suffering can begin to comprehend his suffering and begin to live with it and begin to change it, to change the situation. We don't change anything. All we can do is invest people with the morale to change it for themselves. I agree with that. I'm, I'm pursuing this because it's something that keeps coming up that personally I'm interested in what you have to say. But the same argument, I agree with you as a matter of fact, but the same argument you hear say, um, they say, why should a writer be free to write what he wants? When, say, a teacher is not free to teach what he wants, or a uh, postman. A teacher who is not free to teach is not a teacher. You know? Yeah. That's true. You know? If I assume the responsibility, then I have to, you know, I've got to be free to teach the way I see it. Andrew Davis is precisely in trouble, not for all those nonsensical reasons given by those impeccable, honorable men like the governor of California and the head of the FBI. Not for any of those reasons, but because she was trying to teach. And to teach in the situation in which black people in America find themselves, really to teach, is a revolutionary act. That's, that's, <laughs> you, you solved it for me because it's something you keep hearing. And they always say, well, why, is, why should the artist be free to do what he wants to do when nobody else is? The artist is not free to do what he wants to do. The artist is free to do what he has to do. And in fact, everyone else should pursue along those lines. Yeah, yeah. That, that's wild. I hadn't thought about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Since, in effect, after the Second World War, World War, War the, um, the American Communist Party was a very different organization in a sense. And, it had, and, the, and the black situation became different too. There was no haven at all for black writers, so I split. Mm -hmm. I had to split, otherwise I would, you know, I would be dead. And, you know, figure it out on the stones of Paris. Do you know what I mean? Richard left a tremendous testimony, you know, mm -hmm. about a time that will never be seen again, in which your son will read about the way he reads about Greece. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know? It's, uh, it came out of a set of assumptions, you know, which a boy of 21, that's what I was then, had to fight if he was going to live at all, you know, you know, because what you couldn't accept was that pain. You couldn't accept that past as being your present and still more your future, you know. Mm -hmm. You had to find some way of dealing with it. And to deal with it meant you had to find another vocabulary. You had to, you had to risk your life, mm -hmm. you know. Which both Chester and Richard. Now I can see, now I can see what I owe to Richard, I owe to Chester, what I owe to Langston, what I owe to W.E.B. Du Bois, what I owe to Frederick Douglass. But I could not see that when I was 20, mm -hmm. you know. I don't think anybody can see that at 20, you know. But you see, they were in, on one level, simply more exalted victims. I still remember a boy named Angela Herndon who wrote a book called Let Me Live. Right. And I had no idea what happened to him. You know. He's probably dead. <laughs> He's probably like everybody else. You know, like everybody else. And that's your future, you know. And it takes a long time before you accept what has been given to you from your past. You know, what we, talk, what we call black literature is really summed up for me by the whole career, let's say, of Bessie Smith, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin. Because how it's been handed down since we couldn't read or write as far as they knew, you know, mm -hmm. and it was a, at one time, after all, another thousand years ago, 
a crime to be able to read if you were black. You know, it was punishable by law. You know, if we had to smuggle information somehow, and we did it through our music, and we did it in the church. You know, mm-hmm. you were talking before about, you know, the, the um, church you went to visit, if you know. <laughs> I, I thought about the Apollo Theater. The last time I saw Aretha, yeah. and what did she do with the policy of turning into a gospel church service? You know, everybody really. that. No, and that's, <laughs> and that's and that's true religion. Yeah. You know, and 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 anything a writer, a black writer, is trying to do has to come out of that. I don't mean it has to be limited to that, but it comes out of that because the standards, which come from Greece and Rome, for example, you know. even the standards which come from what we call the Christian Judeo, the Jewish Christian ethic are very dubious when you try to apply them to your own life. Dubious you know? yes. I use the word advisedly, yes. You know. So you have to use what in fact you have as distinguishing what you've been told you have. Here's a question someplace I'm trying to form it. And again, I guess I'm, I'm stuck with Chester because among other things, he's one of my favorite writers and I've read everything to date, including his autobiography that he's written. So it's easier for me. But if you move from, say, If He Hollers Letting Go, mm-hmm. right into, um, Third generation cast of mm-hmm. the first on that, mm-hmm. that group of okay. Then he had to stop. He left the states also. Mm-hmm. He left the states much later than all of you are mm-hmm. in terms of age. Not much well later in terms of age. In yes. terms, he was much older. Yeah. And then he began Pink Toes and went into the coffin at mm-hmm. Gravedigger mm-hmm. Jones, which everybody assumed was safe. You dig it? Then everybody. he did. Then he did. Well, most people, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they could publish him because they said, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's just a detective mm-hmm. story." Then he did, of course, the master detective story, Blind Man with a Pistol. Mm-hmm. And he said, who's the murderer? It's he said, the state's a murderer. It's not a detective story at all. It's an allegory. It's fantastic. Exactly. But again, uh, I'm talking about Chester and Chester's uh, pursuit of truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Richard Wright died before he quit pursuing truth or was murdered That's before right. he quit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. Chester could say, okay, I will pursue truth in this way, which mm-hmm. looks a little better, that you can make a movie out of it if mm-hmm. you want to. Mm-hmm. It'll mm-hmm. still be true. And then takes it right to blind man with a Sweetheart, the it's the same thing that we were doing on the plantation when they thought this <laughs> thing steal away to Jesus. And I was telling you, it's time to split. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, but, but why away, do we, why do we always away. Get, get hung up in, uh, if I can use that kind of a word, why do we as black writers seem to be so hung up in the truth? If I can, I'm asking because, this as a younger person. Because the responsibility of a writer is to excavate, only where I can find, again, the experience of the people who produce it, because the act of writing is the intention of it. The root of it is liberation. Look, this is why no tyrant in history was able to read, but every single one of them burned the books. It's true. It's you know? Yeah. That is why no one yet believes, really, that there is such a thing as a black writer. A black writer is still a freak. You know? Maybe even a dancing dog. We don't yet exist in the imagination of this century. And we cannot afford to play games. There's too much at stake. But there has to be a way to do what we do and survive, which is, uh, to me, what seems to be missing. Sweetheart, sweetheart, our ancestors taught us how to do that. We have survived until now. You use Cheston as a very good example. You know, and people may think Blind Man is a detective story. You didn't write it for the people who think it's a detective story. <laughs> That's a great book, But you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. Look, there was a law. Let me say a very brutal thing. A very brutal thing. It has to be said, I think. There was a law in America not a thousand years ago which stated that a black man has no rights. This was a law yes. which a white man is bound to respect. Now, you come to this. I can say now that the people who framed that law have no standards, which I am bound to respect. That's the way the wheel goes round. No white critic can judge my work. I'd be a fool if I depended on that judgment. You know what I'm trying to say? Because it doesn't make me any better. People invent categories in order to feel safe. White people invented black people <laughs> to, give them a, to give white people an identity. If you're a writer, you're forced to look behind the word and to the meaning of the word. You the got, actions produced by the word. Yes. Yes. You're responsible for what that word means. I agree. You know, you have to find a way to use that word to liberate 
the energy in that word. So it has a positive effect on the, on the, on the lives of people. There is such a thing as the living word. If that word is, that's right. That's not a mystical statement. No, it's true. I'm just always amazed at the uh, number of hypes, though, that people go for. Would you say that, like, to sort of sum things up here, that, uh, would you say, like, you tend to be optimistic? You know, on, on those kind of levels? When I pick your kid up in my arms, yes. When I look at you, yes. You know. Not me. <laughs> yes. I'm very pessimistic. Oh, no, you're not as pessimistic as you think you are. <laughs> I'm not pessimistic. I you've got far too much energy to be as pessimistic as you think you are. I'm pretty pessimistic, though. No, I think you're pretty realistic. I think you're pretty cool. No, I think you're pretty clear. But pessimists are silent. Pessimists are people who have no hope for themselves or others. Pessimists are also people who think that the human race beneath their notice that they're better than other human beings. Mm? So we're back. People really feel the need to feel better than somebody, don't they? Uh, because they can't. That's a mystery which I can't. But they do feel it. I don't know why they feel it. But they do. Because I'd be in competition with somebody, you know, which is something I never understood. I've been, in my own life, you know, in competition with me. Which is enough. Enough? <laughs> so well, enough. <laughs> Yeah. Just no level. Right. Just to bear in mind that this person facing you is a person like you. You know. Yeah. They're gonna go home and do whatever they do, just like you. They're as alone as you are. You know. But then that becomes a responsibility, doesn't it? It's called love. Yeah. <laughs> you know. We agree. <laughs> yeah. Love is a tremendous responsibility. Though. It's the only one to take. There isn't any other. I agree.